Two Recruiters, One Mike. A podcast brought to you by Talent United, where we talk about business, people, and the business of people. That's Dion Hart. And that is Gary Banks. This is the radio. Well, here we are with another episode of Two Recruiters, a One Mike, a podcast brought to you by Talent United with me, Dion Hart, and uh, one of the best Garys to ever work in recruitment in Brisbane in accounting, Gary Banks. Hello. Oh, I'm well up there on that list, I've got to say. You're right up. You are hey. right up there. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Good, good. So, look, there's, uh, there are a number of things that recruiters like Gary and I uh, hear, questions that are asked, statements that are made. Uh, about the the job hunting, the recruitment process. So we thought that we would address a few of these today because uh, LinkedIn being what it is, you can have a tendency for someone to, um, I guess, kind of like we are, talk almost as an authority, but sometimes uh, you see these people who are saying things that have never worked in recruitment uh, and possibly shouldn't be giving out advice because sometimes when... Those of us who work in the industry see it, we can tell that it's kind of basically 100% false and we don't think that's very helpful. So, Gary, you've got a, a list of a few of these that we're going to run through that we thought we might address in a way that might be helpful for people. Yeah, look, without talking it up too much, it's sort of like a Mythbusters episode meets uh, like Ask Me Anything or You Can't Ask Me That type Type of scenario, so right. and and, it's, and this this one's going to be around the the, the candidate experience. So from okay. the candidate side, right. so, so the people are hunting for a job. People hunting for a job, that, that sort of stuff. And you know, th- these are a, a mixture of, I guess, common questions that not that they've really been asked that much because they're sort of like people or maybe are too polite to ask them. Um, but they're things that you know we've gone back to and asked a couple. So what do you want to know? And and these are some of the things that that came out um, from that. So. Um, the first one, and this I know this is a, a, an absolute favourite of yours, um, is, is does a computer review my resume? Right. Uh, over to you, Dion, to start your rant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, with the exception of a very, very small proportion of companies that are hiring, like I know this can be done, but the overwhelming majority of jobs that you're going to see online. And when I say overwhelming, I would say it is north of 99% of jobs that you see. Your your resume is not being screened and assessed by a computer. What might be happening is if you... So there's a couple of steps that might kind of feel like it, right? So if you apply through the likes of Seek, if anybody's doing that anymore... Um, the recruiter or the company might have set up some screening questions. So they are preset questions where you answer and then when the recruiter or the hiring company gets your application, they also get essentially a set of your answers. And in some cases, those answers might uh, categorise you or classify you as unsuccessful right from the get-go. So it might be uh, you know, one that you really can't get around if you're working in certain government areas or defence, are you an Australian citizen, yes or no? Yeah. If you say no, you cannot have the job. So there is an element for, and I guess in that case, maybe there's a case for a little bit of that. Um, but I think where the um, I think where the real confusion comes in is, is the ATS. 
right, which we know is what that stands for the applicant tracking system. So it's not the application screening uh, robot. It is an applicant tracking system. It is a system that recruiters and a lot of companies use to, to track applications, to track applications against jobs. So it manages jobs and it manages candidates. It doesn't screen your resume. Um, I know there's some instances where people will send an application and they get uh, they get a response back almost instantly that says you've been unsuccessful. And a lot of the times that is because of those sets of screening questions. But yep. by and large, if you are applying for a role uh, and you're submitting a resume, that resume is going to be viewed to one degree or another. It's going to be viewed by a human being. Yep. And it, it sometimes it helps in the putting into piles. And I'm old enough to remember that in the day when we used to receive hard physical copies of resumes in the post. Uh, this is a, a concept when which is foreign to a lot here? of people. This was a long time ago. Was this pre-war? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. So you used to get faxes or you'd get post entries. So you'd put an ad up on the weekend on a, the Saturday paper and then on Tuesday and Wednesday you'd start getting applications coming through. So um, with then, you'd basically, when you have all of your applications... You've got three piles. You've got your yes, you've got your no, and you've got your maybes. Right. And so what you had to do then is physically look and you go, okay, if that person stands out and you see from their background that they absolutely hit nearly all of the things that you're looking for in that job, they're in the yes. Um, if they're, they're a no, is if they're not even close. Um, right. And you know, again, talking those screening questions, some of it might be you need to have the right to work in Australia. Yep. If somebody sends yep. it through and they says, uh, yeah, I don't have any, either I want to be sponsored, that firm, for whatever reason, is unable to sponsor, yep. then you're a no because yep. there's nothing that, that, that can happen. You don't have the right to work. Um, and then there's everyone else is in the maybe. So when you're applying for something, you just want to make sure that you're not in the no pile yeah. um, so that, that you, you put your cover letter or your resume to make sure that you would go in at least one of those two. What some of the, the AI technology that's coming in now is helping us do that a little bit more effectively now that it's all done online and coming through, and that it might run... I see this particularly in a lot of IT recruitment where there's a certain you know, specific program that you need to use. It'll show you, well, how many times is that program mentioned in that resume? And that might put you towards, OK, well, you're in the yes or the maybes, but then it's still a, a person that goes through and has a look at yeah. it. You know, so it, it never gets to the stage where it just knocks you out um, altogether, they will always have a look because it, it is, it's a talent short market in a lot of areas and you, you don't want to have, like, the false negatives. Yeah, you don't you'd, be have... a, you'd be a fool to be relying on a computer to arbitrarily rule people out now when we are all absolutely struggling to find people for roles. And it's even to the case of, like, there's a lot of roles that we do. We, we use a, a LinkedIn product, which is called Recruitment Professional Services. It's a very expensive product and, and it allows us to analyse all of LinkedIn in a lot more detailed way. And, but even then, we tend to leave our searches quite broad yeah. because yeah. you don't want to, again, knock somebody out. That, that right person could be right for the role, but they just haven't presented things in the right way that it becomes immediately apparent. And yeah, there'll be and AI will improve, and it'll it'll help us more. I, it, I don't think it's going to get to the stage where it's going to completely take that away. Uh, and I, unless, I don't think so. It, as unless you're in these specific areas we're talking about, where you know you need to be a citizen, you need to have the right to work, you need to have you know one thing where there is absolutely 
you know, uh, no, way around. No, no way yeah. around it. You know, like you guys do stuff in the pharmacy stuff, and there's you have this APRA certification. So if you've got that, you've either got it or you haven't. And if you haven't, you can't work. And if you have, you're in play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. I think the, the answer to that is that a computer or AI or something helps uh, a decision, but in the overwhelming majority of yeah. cases, it is actually reviewed by a person. Yeah. I think why that gives me the shites is because I just think of people who are sitting at home and they're applying and they're sending out heaps of applications and they're not getting the cut through that they want, they're not getting callbacks or whatever, and, and they're sitting there stressing about, well, how do I, you know, a phrase I absolutely despise, how do I write my resume to beat the ATS? And so I just think of these poor people sitting at home, like absolutely freaking out, thinking a computer's reading my resume and I don't, I don't know how to beat it. You don't have to beat it. You're not, you're not competing against a computer and it's whiz-bang screening processes. Yeah, it, you're just not. If you're not getting cut through, there's a whole bunch of other reasons yeah. and maybe we'll cover those at another time, but it's not because computer says no. Yeah, it, 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 if that was the case, you just put, you know, if they're looking for a certain you know, function, it might be Microsoft Dynamics. Yeah. You would just write that term 18 in times yeah. in your resume and then name you to get Microsoft the job. Dynamics. Yeah, but so obviously that doesn't case. So, that, so that's the case. So... It, that's what happens at the very start. Okay. One of the next questions that come across sort of flows on from that. Um, you know, I do send through my CV, yep. you know, what happens next? And I guess we sort of started covering off that in answering that previous question. But what is the flow from there? Because, again, from a, a candidate perspective, they send it through and they might not hear anything for a while. They don't know what the process is. You know, what happens from that point onwards? Uh, yeah, good question. I I mean, I get. I would say it's, it really depends on the you know the agency that you're dealing with and the recruiter that you're dealing with, or the company that you're de- you're applying to. So how good that their internal systems and processes are, because it it could be the case, and, and you know, not now, but I remember it wasn't that long ago. We we might write an ad and get a hundred applicants. So all of those hundred applicants need to be reviewed before you can really start to put people into well, who are the who are the closest matches to the set of skills and criteria that we're looking for because you really have to assess everybody before you can put anybody in any sort of order. So that can take a long time. Um, There's also, you know, at at various times there can be workload issues. So you've got a recruiter or a hiring manager in a company that might have an absolute tonne of jobs that they're working. So it might just be a function of, you know, kind of work overload that's taking taking time. Um, It could also be a lack of systems um, internally, or it could be a lack of care from the recruiter. And, yeah. and, you know, again, whether you're an agency or you're a company, uh, you're applying to a company internally, sometimes they just aren't that focused on uh, getting back to people. And I know if our mate Steve Gard is listening, that he is on the back of his neck, he'll be standing on end. But some people are just not interested in giving people feedback to their applications, and so there'll be a bit of that too. Yeah, and I think one of the things, it's not, I think the, the recruitment industry perhaps doesn't do too well, and this is things like Steve's initiative, Circleback Initiative, have helped that. But it's not just that, it's also the recruitment process in general for internal recruiters is before you didn't often hear anything. At least now we're starting to... More more organisations and recruiters are starting to get back and letting them know. But what you probably don't say, give too much information on, is timeframes. So yeah. it, it, it'll often, you know, if we like your details, we'll get back to you. Well, when? You know, when are you going to get back to me? Is it going to be, you know, today, this week, this month, this year? You know, and, and look, it also depends on the size of the organisation. Like, I, I've, we've done some work with... Um, 
you know, some large government organisations who may or may not look after our tax. And, uh, you know, they take... <laughs> they, uh, they do tend to take the time. I've, I've yeah. put people in there and I think the quickest the process has ever been is been about five or six weeks yeah. and the longest is about six months, yeah. and which is an incredibly long process. But that's just because at every step of the way, there's people who the, their main job is not to get more people for them. Yep. They've got other stuff that they have to do. And it, it's where does this come in on their priorities is what they're doing. And the more people you have in the step and the more steps that there are, yep. the longer that's going to extrapolate yep. out. So, you know, it, it's – and maybe that's why we don't come back as much as we should to people and say, you know, hey, will someone will get back to you by the end of the week yep. or someone will get yep. back to you by the end of next week or, yep. or whatever it might be. It could be if, if you're dealing with an agency, it could be that, that they just don't have feedback. And, and I know it, there's lots of proponents of the idea of, you know, no update is still an update, and, and I tend to agree, but – you know, sometimes there's, there's nothing to say. Um, and the other thing that I would say is that sometimes it's just a genuine mistake uh, or, or an oversight on the recruiter or the company's behalf. I know not that long ago I made some sort of comment on LinkedIn about this and somebody sent me a uh, private message and said, oh, you know, if only you got back to me the way you bang on or you get back to everyone else, blah, blah, blah. So, and I was like, I, sc- I ended up screenshotting it. I put it online and said, hey, mate, culpa, like, you know, we try and get back to everybody as best we can. That's why we joined the Circle Back Initiative or why we do what we do. But, uh, you no, know, I mean, no one gets their job right 100% of the time. And sometimes, you you know, there might be just an oversight or someone intends to give you a call on Friday afternoon and say there's no update and they just forget or they get caught up. So, you know, keep that in mind as well before you start sending off fiery messages or emails yeah. to people telling them how crap they are at their job. And it seems today that we're setting a trend of answering the next question in, in answering the previous one because the next one that we've got is that says, why does it seem that sometimes in the application process that things seem to stall? Why yeah. the delays? Well, I guess, again, we've, we've sort of started touching on that. But you know, what, what else could there be in that process that, that causes a delay? Again, I think where, where this question comes out of is that everybody's thinking, Right, well, they've advertised a job or um, either directly or they've gone to see a recruiter. So everything on the back end is absolutely ticked off and sorted out and all it's now the case of is I turn up and then I get offered the job straight Finally. away. Yeah. If only. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. But, but there's, a, there's other things in play oh, here, it could I be, think. Honestly, there could be dozens of things that hold it up. You know, there could be... Time off. There could be hiring ma- recruiter could be away. Hiring manager could be away. There could be a change of the role. Maybe it hasn't been signed off properly. Um, I mean, there's any number of things. So they've made an offer and they want to know whether that person's going to accept before they progress any further candidates. Um, it could be, you know, it could be absolutely any number of things. But yeah. I, I think again, like any of these things, it really just boils back down to communication. Yeah. Uh, which is hard though when. You know, especially as a recruiter, if we're dealing with a company and they're slow on feedback, and we've got well, we've got a couple of instances of this going on at the moment, we are somewhat hamstrung with what how, how far we can progress things. If we're waiting on, you know, I say to candidates, right now we're in the same boat. You're yep. waiting for fe- for feedback. I'm waiting for feedback, and all I can do is push, you know, the company X Y Z as hard as I can without being a pain in their backside to try and get the feedback that you and I both want. Yeah, and it also depends. Again, from our point of view, sometimes we have a relationship with the, 
the owner of a business. Sometimes we have a relation with the HR. Sometimes we have a relationship with the hiring manager who's going to be reporting to directly, and sometimes it's all of them. Yeah. Um, and it just depends from our process where you know, who we've got to. If it is the HR person, well, they can't really give us too much um, feedback until they've spoken to the, yeah. the hiring manager. So there's just that extra layer um, of separation from getting a decision sort of thing. So we try to, within many circumstances as possible, go straight to the person who's going to be making the decision, and which is normally the, the, we call the hiring manager, um, on that. But that's not always the case. Yeah. you know. And, and even if that's who you interviewed with, our feedback loop might not be with that person. It might be with the HR person, and that's why... You know, things can sometimes stall. Mm. Um, I, I've, I, I was saying with people when I'm when I'm going through the process, I just say, look, I gave up long ago trying to guess how long this is going to yeah. take. Sometimes it moves quicker than you think. Sometimes it moves slower than you think. It really is a lottery, and they're, they're re- you, you can get a general idea because you know that client. You've worked with them before. You go, yeah, well, they're normally uh, we normally wrap these up in you know a couple of weeks. Or yeah. hey, I know this client. This is going to be a while. And again, if we've got people. So, for instance, when we're in a place where we've got a candidate that we're presenting to maybe multiple op- opportunities, I will try and get the first bit of contact to the client that I know is going to take the longest. Yep. So that yep. you know, so so we can get everything. Um, and this is for roles if if we haven't got them retained. Obviously, if they're uh, somebody is retaining us, well, they, they get first dibs on those mm. those candidates. But um, if it's somebody that it's across the board, there's a few places we can look at. You know, we, we try and get it all to come to a head relatively the same time, but it's an inexact yeah. science. And, and the other thing I'd say is if you're, I mean, if you're listening and you think, well, I'm trying to hear, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for feedback about this job that I've applied for and it's really frustrating, um, and you're dealing with a recruiter, bear in mind that recruiter is probably equally as frustrated as you because it's our job to get the feedback and... You know, if we can't get it, that's a real frustration of ours too. So yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're just trying to get you the job. If there's a hold up, yes, we should let you know. Does it always happen? Of course not. Um, but you know, we're 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 battling through the yeah. through the delay <laughs> with you. And, and I think if, if there's even a, a, an internal recruitment or HR function, and you're applying to them directly, they will still have those same frustrations. So yeah, yeah it, it's not just in in mm. uh, in, in agency land. Um, okay, so that's that's the, the answer is there could just be numerous things. It's keeping things slower, and we and really we just have to you know, roll with the punches as much as possible. Um, the next question come up, and I've seen this one uh, come around a little bit. It's um, do you just interview people to add them to your database? Uh, well, good, good question. Um, yes, and I would say yes and no. Um, I think that it. De- I think it depends why. So, for me, I've worked in. Oh yeah, okay. So I work, I work, I've only worked in one agency that wasn't mine, right? And when I was there, one of the things we had to do was we had to put a certain number of people in the database. Um, every week, I think. I can't remember the number, but it was every week. So you were co- you were almost sort of um, encouraged to be interviewing people anyway. Like if you can't, if you've got nothing else to do, interview someone, right? And then tick off another one of your KPIs and happy days and weren't they great days. But now I think the way that good recruiters are operating is we are building pools of people who we know really well and we know what they want. So take so ph- pharmacists, for example, but I know you do the same with accountants and the, the rest of our brands do the same with their, their types of people. But 
I want to talk to, and I want our team talking to pharmacists to find out what their ideal next role looks like, what's really important to them, where they'll go, how much money they want, etc. Right? So we have a we have a pool of people, or a database of people, call it what you will, so that when a client comes to us and says, I've got this vacancy in this place, I need one of these, I'm paying this much money, we as recruiters know who to tap on the shoulder and say, Three months ago, three weeks ago, a year ago, we had a conversation and you said your perfect next job looks like this. Well, I've got that job for you. So in some ways, yeah, we are, but we're doing it uh, We're doing it so that we can present to you as a candidate or a job seeker the job that you tell us you want next. Yeah. So if, you, if, you, if that candidate said at that time, this is what I'm looking for and I'm looking now. Yeah. So you're not just interviewing them to put them in a database. You're interviewing them to help find them yeah. job. So I'd sort of I'd argue it's slightly different than that. It's a no to just put them on the database yeah. to get numbers up. It's not. It's, it's a yes to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it's it's we interview candidates not just to fill up our database, but it's so that we know who you are and what you want, so we can help you. And obviously, in turn, at the same time, we're helping our client as well. But so we can help you by connecting you with your ideal next job. Yeah. And, and we also, I mean, we do this at times and, and yeah, sometimes we do it more than, more than we probably should. Well, we'll interview you and that is, it's, it's about an exploration. And it might be that the end of that interview, what you're looking for is sort of say, look, I, I probably can't help yep. you with that. Yep. Um, and then I, I, I at least try to find one or two things, and one of the good things that we have with our organisation is that we're part of a, a global group of, you know, 550 recruiters, so there might be somebody else that could, could help us in that. So I would at least try and you know, put your details through that group and just see if anyone else can, can help. But there might be cases where, you know, the, what you're looking for, it's, it's, it's a change of direction or it's yep. out of the way, and, and I'll just say, you know, I can give you some advice perhaps, but I can't really help you. And, you know, yeah, your details are going on my database and it, and it's probably I'm not going to help you from that point onwards, but I'm at least doing it to, to have the discussion with you to maybe give you some clarity as to where you know what you can do and how you go about it, sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, yes, I'm I'm doing that interview where I know I'm probably not going to place you in a job right there and then. Yeah. Um, but you've got some value out of yeah. it. I, 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 the, the one that just annoys me when people just say, say, "Oh, you're just doing that to because you, know, you didn't have to make so many interviews," and I know. Like you said, you, when you started out, that was the company yep. you're in, and I know that there's some businesses out there that go like that. But I would much rather that you interview, you know, two good candidates that we can help in a week yep. than twelve that we've got absolutely no because chance we of doing. Decided you had to do yeah, 12 because, in a week. because yeah, when you think when you think about it, what's the point? Like if you just it's just yeah. getting a number for a number's sake. And and any what I would say is any recruiter worth half their salt right now with the market the way it is simply does not have time to interview you just for the sake of it, just to have another number on their database. Um, so it really comes down to, I guess, the intention of the person interviewing you. And, and, and this is, by and large, recruiters, because a lot of companies, even if they have their own pretty good internal teams, don't they're not having conversations with potential candidates at some point down the track because they might be able to offer them a great role. They, yeah. they just don't have time because a lot of them are you know, seriously understaffed and yeah. whatnot. So. Look, there's a bit of a buzzword that goes around. It's called talent communities and that yeah. sort of stuff. And, again, that might be doing the interview you so you can be part of that community, so you can be aware of and have that, 
next opportunity, be it, as you say, it might be next week, it might be next month, it might be next year. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the lottery 100%. sort of thing. So you, you've got to have been there. So, look, that, that's a, a quite a few that we've, we've had there. Um, we've probably, probably got time got to- for one more. Time for one more. Um, okay, so the next question was, how do I know what you will do with my details once I give them to you? Um, well, the short answer is you should be told. Um, I mean, you know, uh, legally, if you're dealing with a well, if you're dealing with a company or a recruiter, there should be a privacy policy on the website about how we're going to treat your uh, your detail, your your personal confidential details. But um, if you're dealing with a recruiter, and, and we're going to send your details to a company to be considered for a role, um, then and again, can't speak for all companies and all brands, can only speak for our own, but we, we will tell you who those companies are um, and get your permission, get your written permission to, to put your details forward to that company. Um, you know, it, if without that, it can just go so wrong. You know, you, you just, it, it's, you know, wherever, whatever market you're in, whatever industry you're in, you know, they're all interconnected, people know people, and if you deal with a recruiter and they fire your details off to another company without your knowledge, and it turns out that someone at that company knows someone at your company, and then they go, oh, hey, I didn't know Pete was looking. Like, well, geez, neither did I. And then all of a sudden, Pete's in the boss's office going, what are you doing applying for jobs? So you can absolutely put someone in red hot water yep. uh, if you're not treating you know, their, their details really, really carefully. Yeah. So, And possibly a discussion for another day as to what your remedies are and where you can go about that. But the, the, the underlying things is that there is a Privacy Act that yep. uh, is involved. The way that we understand it and the best practice of that is to get that written permission. Um, you know, somebody that is maybe a little bit unscrupulous will just say, oh, I'm, I've sent your details to such and such, and they tell you, after the fact, yep. uh, which is not really uh, in the manner of, of the act at all. Um, I'm not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, it, it just it's a common sense approach. Uh, the other thing is, I guess, um, if you're maybe a member of one of the professional bodies um, that we have, uh, again, so we're part of MPA worldwide, there's the, uh, the, the RCSA, which is the recruitment industry, and all of these have codes of conduct yep. of, on how you're, you're supposed to do so. And most of them come down to you need to get express permission. Yeah. I think that's what it, what it comes down to. So, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll have a good time to look at it now, but in an, another talk we'll, we'll go and see what, what happens if uh, I haven't given express permission and it's gone, you know, where can I go from there? Yeah, what do I do? Yeah. How do I handle it? So, so that is a conversation for another day. It is for another day. We've probably got to wrap things up there and get on with the job. So hopefully that helped if we did cover anything that you're, uh, any burning questions that you've had. Uh, or any aspects of uh, about any aspects of the recruitment process or the job hunting or job application process. Hopefully, we've covered those off. If we haven't, you can jump on uh, our website www.2recruitersonemike.com and pose a question. If it is a big enough question, we we'll, we'll do a whole episode on it. If it's not, we do a, a weekly talent bite, which is a five or six minute, really quick one question Q and A on on a topic. So if you want us to cover off anything, jump on the website and let us know. Otherwise, cheers for listening. Have a great day and uh, we'll talk at you again soon. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe so we can reach more people. And don't forget, if you want to submit a question for our Talent Bites section, you can do so on our website, tworecruitersonemike.com. See you next time.